You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member FDIC. Well, it's Friday. We're in the Farm Bureau studios, and Mississippi State is getting ready. About the time we're recording this show to head to the airport, get on an airplane, and head for the first time this season on a road game to South Carolina. I'm Charlie Winfield. He's Bart Gregory. We're going to talk about that football game. But, Bart, you like to point out that coaches sometimes say it's not about them, it's about us. Now, normally this show, and I think it will be today, tends to be a lot about them. This is our chance in a week to talk about the team we're going to be playing, some of their players and that type thing. But in the spirit of that same thought, before we get into numbers and ideas, let's make it about us. Where are we as a football team right now? And I'm not talking about where's our offense. Where are our heads right now? Well, that's the worry I have is where are your heads right now? And I think you're going to be able to know a lot more about your football team on Sunday. And I apologize again, Charlie. I've got some kind of – I don't feel bad. I just sound like I've got something in my throat, but I'm sorry. But I think we're going to know a lot more Sunday, which doesn't help you getting ready for this game. I agree with you that South Carolina people – are thinking this game is about them. If they show up and play well, night game, first SEC home game for them, they feel like if they show up and play that they're going to win the football game. But from our standpoint, what tweaks do you make? Now, there's a lot of people out there, man, hey, just go back to the air raid. You can't do that. We don't have anybody. Who's going to call the plays? Will Rogers? You have got to, You may have to tweak something, whether it's tweaking personnel but uh, or just – figuring out what you're doing in this new offense. But, you know, you're going to have to perform a lot better than you have offensively in the last six quarters. Well, right now, you talk about going back to the array. I mean, we've already started turning the battleship, right? You know, you can't do, you can't undo where we are. No, that's yeah, – no, you can't go back now. The decision's been made, and that's where you're going, and that's better be where you're headed. So, full steam ahead, everybody on that same ship going in that direction. Now you just got to figure out how to how to execute that offense. Yeah, but I'll I go back to this too. I think we have to figure out a way to play better defense. We we have not been where we needed to be defensively at least last week. All right, you can say Arizona look anytime you force five turnovers, it's tough to argue about your defense, right? That that's taking the ball away. But last week we didn't take anything away. No, and you know, we sold out so much to stop the run and to try to stop Jaden Daniels from getting loose. You know, we we didn't bring pressure, or we did bring pressure, but we really didn't. We didn't get any penetration whatsoever. And then you get beat over the top, and so then you start sagging everybody back, just like Arizona says. Jed Fish said the same thing. Hey, we hit them over the top, so they started sagging back, then all of a sudden the middle of the field opens up. And that's what worries you about South Carolina. Is Spencer Rattler gets hot he's like that hot shooter in basketball all right he's the guy you don't want to get hot because he's either really really hot or really really cold he's good Spencer Rattler or he's terrible Spencer Rattler 
There is no average Spencer Rattler. It's funny because people have very strong opinions on him, and it's almost like it depends on which quarter of the game they happened to walk through while it was on TV because there are some people who think, man, this is one of the best guys going. And sometimes he looks exactly that way. And then other people think, man, that guy's no good. And sometimes he looks exactly that way. <laughs> it's all about what you happen to catch, right? Yeah, if you were walking uh, you know, in front of the TV against North Carolina – you're thinking the bad. If you're walking through against Furman and then the first half last week or the end of the Carolina game, North Carolina game, then who calls each other Car- – who says Carolina in the North Carolina-South Carolina game? Who gets to claim that? Yeah, I don't know. You know, if you talk to people from North Carolina, hey, where are you from? Carolina. Talk to people from South Carolina, where are you from? Carolina. I mean, who gets that battle right? Is it whoever plays the home game? I'm sorry. I'll go back to another thought. But, hey, over that – Seven-quarter period, last quarter against North Carolina, Furman game, and then the first half against Georgia. Man, he was as hot as a quarterback could be. No, if you caught him on those times, he's really good. And we've had a habit over the years of catching people hot when they were really good. We don't seem to get the bad version of anybody. So, South Carolina, 1-2 in the league. Excuse me, 1-2 in two overall. They are 0-1 in the league. Shane Beamer in his third season. Interesting to me about South Carolina. I don't know whether to say – I don't really know what to think about him as a program. What I mean is, if you look at their record, year one, seven and six. Last year, eight and five. They were four and four in the league. Um, But then you go, look, he's beat some good coaches. Beat Dabo, beat Mack. He's beaten Jimbo. That's three national championship winning coaches he's beaten in two seasons. Not many people do that. Yeah, when he beat uh, Clemson last year, that kind of messed us up a little bit of going to, you know, we kind of wanted to go to Jacksonville last year to play Notre Dame. Yeah. And when they won that game, they got to go to Jacksonville and play in the old Gator Bowl. I don't know what sponsor it is right now. Notre Dame beat them, by the way, 45 to 38. We had a good trip, though. We had a good, you know, a good win against Illinois. But the thing about State in South Carolina, Charlie, that stands out to me, you know, they joined the league in 92. So they've been in the league, what, 31 years now. From 1992 to 2002, we played 11 straight years. We played South Carolina every single year. But we have not played South Carolina now. We have not played them, period, since 2016. We haven't been to Columbia since 2013, Dak Prescott's sophomore year. It's been that long. And that's one of the things that I really – I don't want to say the word hate. That's a strong word. I don't hate anything. But I kind of hate the SEC schedule for that fact because there's a lot of people who have never been to South Carolina. And do you know this is the first time ever, first time ever that we're playing a night game at South Carolina? I could have done without having the first time on this trip. I don't. It just seems like night games are harder to play anywhere. Sold out, first SEC home game. It's going to be a great atmosphere over there. And they need a win. You talk about a lot of times catching teams when they're down or when they're not looking, catching them when they're flat. This is a – I don't want to put a word like desperation, but we're sitting here at 2-1, and one, you know, ready to jump off the cliff. Where do you think they're going to be if they go 1-3? and three? Well, they're 1-2 and two right now, but overall, if you talk to South Carolina people, they still think they are trending upward. And they should think that. They, they, they won eight games last year, came close to the bowl game, did not play well at all in the first game against North Carolina. Man, gave up 
nine sacks in that game, a lot of tackles for loss. They've kind of shored up their offensive line a little bit, especially from a pass-blocking standpoint. Baby steps, they're still not very good at run blocking, but they're very good. They're, they're okay now. They're serviceable as a pass-blocking unit, but they're getting better. And, hey, listen, you know, this has been much talked about. Um, you know, Shane was here. This was his first coaching job under Sylvester Croom, 2004 to 2006. I've known Steve Gladney and Emily and that entire family my entire life. You know, Steve grew up in Winston County. And, of course, Emily married Shane. They've got uh, some great kids. Steve's still the sheriff here in Octobal County. Jody Wright's a tight end coach for South Carolina. Jody was here from 2005 to 2009. Meredith, great people. Great people, good friends, but I want to beat them this week. No, and we need to beat them this week. But I think it's going to be a tough job. It's going to be a tough task on the road. Last I saw a line is, what, near a touchdown? Well, six and a half. It opened at three and a half, and now it's six and a half. And I'll talk a little bit about the, the spreads later on because i got some over-under game for you later in the show. All right. Well, I look forward to that. By the way, we are in the Farm Bureau studios. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Agents in all 82 of Mississippi's counties need home insurance, need life insurance, you need auto insurance, call our friends at Farm Bureau. All right, Bart, we always start this by looking at three numbers in the game that you are going to be focused on. What are your three numbers? All right, and the three numbers each week brought to you by our good friends at Maroon and Company. Maroon and Company in the Cotton Mill Marketplace next to campus, right by Chick fil A. Go in there, go in the store, go online to maroonandco.com and type in the promo code LEFTFIELD15. You get 15% off your entire order. A great selection of Mississippi State stuff, whether it be a cowbell, whether it be shirts. They've got the interlocking MSU. they got the state script. Anything you need that's maroon and white, you can get it at Maroon and Company, maroonandco.com. Here's my three numbers. I'm going to start at the top. I'm going to work high to low. My first number is 299. And that's the number of yards we cannot allow Spencer Rattler to go over. Now, I'd like to see that number smaller, Charlie. Are you talking passing yards? Passing yards. Passing yards for Spencer Rattler, 299. We have given up 277 passing yards per game so far. Spencer Rattler against North Carolina threw for 353. He threw for 345 against Furman. Last week, he threw for 256 yards in a driving rainstorm against Georgia. The over-under this week on the betting lines, and I'm not telling you to bet either way. I'm just offering you information. The over-under is that he will throw for 272. I think he can make him go over, but he can't go over 300 yards passing if we have a chance to win his football game. Let me propose an alternative theory to you. Okay. If he throws for 325 yards. Then they can't rush for more than 50. Here's my point. This is a team in South Carolina that has not done a good job rushing the football. And when I say hasn't done a good job, they have air raid rushing numbers right now. (laughs) They don't run it well. Don't you think that this is the week that South Carolina says, dang it, we're going to establish the run and make it a little bit easier on our quarterback? And maybe they want – this isn't a team that wants to be that pass-heavy, are they? Well, I don't think they do because if you 
hear their fan base talk. They say, hey, we need – it's just like ours. You know, two weeks ago, we got to throw the football. We got to throw the football, got to throw the football. I think one of the big keys in this game is, is Shane Beamer listening to the fan base? Is he listening to the noise? Because, because I don't, the noise is saying run it, right? Because, yeah, the, the noise is saying run the football. I don't think you listen to him this week. If I'm South Carolina, that whole thing of if Spencer Rattler is cooking, you got to let the dog cook. I mean, you look at the end of the North Carolina game, the entire Furman game, and then last week against Georgia. He was 16 of 18 in the first half against Georgia. Over that span of six and a half quarters, he was 46 of 50. For 522 yards, four touchdowns, and no interceptions. He was 16 of 18 against Georgia in the first half. They had a 14-3 to lead last week. That's, that's them. That's what they do well is throw the football. And I just think in a big game like this, they're going to want him to throw it. But what do you do in the second half against Georgia? Well, it was a driving rainstorm, so you do have to put the asterisk by it, okay? Like, like you know, okay. Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, you put the asterisk, okay? He was 6 of 24 in that rainstorm. So, he came back to bad Spencer Rattler in the second half. Hey, they had a 14-3 to lead over Georgia. And then Georgia wins 24-14. to I mean, so they didn't score for, you know, after the fourth drive of the game. So, my theory then, even with him throwing, still don't win. They've got to establish a running game. In any event. It's going to be a dry field. Okay. They're going to throw it. Anyway. Okay. My second number is 105. And that's the number of rushing yards we need Woody Marks to have. I know that's a high number, but we got to run the football. And I know – I think we saw last week in the first quarter and in the first half, we're not a passing football team. And I think we tried to go too heavy last week, throwing the ball early. Then all of a sudden you find yourself down 24 to nothing. I think you're going to see us run the football more. And I think, Woody, this is a South Carolina defensive line that is not great. They're nowhere near LSU on the defensive front. Well, that's good because – well, never mind. Well, anyway, yeah. So, 105 is my number there. So, let me ask you this question, Charlie. You start talking about numbers and over-unders and things of that nature. The prop bet on this game with Woody Marks running the football is 71 and a half. Do you think it's going to be over or under? Well, I want it to be – over I think it's going to be over I do think it's going to be over I think so too yeah I'm going over there and that's why I say I think it's got to be closer to 105 so anyway so my first number 299 my second number 105 that's a rushing yards for Woody Marks and my third number is seven and that's the number of points we can allow South Carolina to score total in their first three possessions okay so you're a guy who looked at the stats I'm guessing that's about where South Carolina has been this week. It has certainly not been, well, not where we were last week for sure. Now, against North Carolina, they had seven points in their first three drives. Against Furman, they had seven points in their first three drives. Last week against Georgia, they had seven points in their first three drives. Now, they scored a touchdown on their fourth drive, went ahead 14-3, to and then Georgia came right back and scored. But that really has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. I go back to the point of SEC home opener, night game. They're going to play that 2000 or whatever music they play that come, you know, they're going to play that cockadoodle bird that's going to scream loud. And it's going to be the first road game for our team. I think they think this is a chance to come out there and jump on us, that we're a wounded dog, especially in the secondary. 
and we just cannot – we can ill afford to have them throw a haymaker punch and be down 17 to nothing after three drives of the ball game. It feels to me like as much as we talk about this offense needing to get some confidence, our defense needs it bad. Yes, um, if not as much. And I think the difference in defense is it doesn't get hung on one person the way an offensive slowdown can. But our defense, you can go around the field, pick your position, and you're going to find somebody not playing up to the level we need them to play at. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. I mean, one or two exceptions. But we're not covering well. We're not getting to the quarterback well, et cetera. Nobody's running up the middle against us. I guess you can say that's a positive. Okay, we're defending the fullback dive pretty well is what you're telling me. Yeah, we hadn't seen the fullback <laughs> dive, but we have defended the theory, okay? <laughs> and there's a reason we hadn't seen it because that's we're so good stopping it. Yeah, there's people they are scared to run it. South Carolina's not going to run the fullback dive either. And you remember we went down to the Orange Bowl in 14 <laughs> and played Georgia Tech, and it's just straight ahead give, straight ahead give. It's like, you know what, stop something, and maybe you start with the handoff over center. Um, but I feel, I think that's – a good point, though, that we defensively have to get some confidence. Yep. So, my numbers are 299 passing yards for Spencer Rattler, 105 rushing yards for Woody Marks, and then we cannot give up more than seven points in the first three South Carolina offensive possessions. And, we Char- and Charlie, we talked a minute ago about the three numbers by Maroon and Company. This is our Tracks Plus deep dig. Tracks Plus now with – Five locations in Hickory, Hattiesburg, Columbus, Bessemer, Alabama, and Alexandria, Louisiana. They got the Mid-South Forestry Show going on just south of Startwell right now. I saw that big display of Tracks Plus out there when I came by this morning, rode out there, and kind of looked around, and they got all those great excavators, and they've got the bandits that mulch all that stuff up, all the wood up. And so go to TracksPlus.com for their inventory for new or used heavy machinery and that's our good friends at tracks plus all right so let's take a look at my three numbers my three numbers and i'm going to get on board with you we're going to go high to low my first number is 20 20 is the number of points i think we can give up and have a chance to win this football game Ooh, that's putting a high burden on our defense but when you look at south carolina defensively and i don't think they're great they gave up 31 to north carolina we're not north carolina offensively they gave up 21 to Furman. We're not – well. We better be better than Furman <laughs> offensively. Okay. Um, but there's some garbage time in that one when you're scoring up in the 40s. They gave up 24 to Georgia, who was playing at home. I just – right now with this offense, I do not have confidence that we can go out and win a game 38-37. I don't think we can afford a shootout. Might it be a game you could win 24-21? Yeah, but I think once South Carolina puts their third touchdown on the board, the math gets real tough for us. 20 is my number. Yeah, I think if we win this game, it's going to be in the 20s. Whether it be 27-24, 27-20 as you said, but I think if we win this game, it's got to be it's got to be Arizona like in the second half. It's got to be an ugly win if we win this ball game. So I agree with you there, Charlie. All right, so my first number, 20. My second number, and this one's going to be a little odd, I suppose, is 10 and a half. 10.5, and that is the average yards per reception that I think we can allow South Carolina wide receiver, number 17, Xavier Leggett, to have in this football game. 
I agree with that. I've got some numbers to kind of back that up. He's going to be one of my players. I hate to break the ice right here and give away a secret, but I've got some other stats about uh, Mr. Leggett. So Leggett in the ball game against North Carolina, and by the way, they've got some guys injured. He's their guy. He is the guy at receiver for them coming into this week. Juice Wells was that guy, but he broke his foot against Georgia last week in the first game. He had been injured in preseason and a little bit in the first two games. Wasn't 100%. And then they got him back last week early, and they were like, man, we got Juice Wells back. And then he broke his foot. So, like you said, now Leggett is the guy. Yeah, and Brown's been injured a little bit, the other starter. So, here's what Leggett has done this year. Game one, North Carolina, nine catches for 178. That's an average right at 20 yards. Game two against Furman, six catches for 120. Also an average 20 per catch. Georgia last week, seven for 71. So he's still got his catches, but they held him to about half the yards per reception, a long of 35. He's going to make big plays, period. Week one, long of 37. Week two, long of 53. Week three, long of 35. He's going to make his plays. The key is it's kind of like a score in basketball, right? How's it average out? Tang Hamilton. You just hope to contain him, right? That's all we hope to do is contain him. So, ten and a half, my second number. And my final number is ten. And this is putting a high burden on us. I don't care about sacks necessarily. We have to have ten tackles for a loss in this football game. Oh, I like that number. We had nine against Arizona. we got to have ten. Um, and look, th- what they give up, South Carolina gave up 16 tackles for loss against South Carolina. South Carolina had nine sacks. Seven other tackles for loss. So you had 16 tackles for loss against North Carolina. I think we got to have 10. Yep. And then, you know, Furman had a bunch of tackles for loss in that game. Furman had seven. And Georgia did too. So, So, yeah. And and Furman only had one sack. So what does that mean? They had six rushing plays or a receiver catching a screen that were hit behind the line of scrimmage. And so Furman did a good job controlling the line of scrimmage. So those are my numbers, 20, 10 and a half, and 10. All right, I like it. All right, now it's time for our two players brought to you by our friends at Two Brothers. Two Brothers Smoke Meats right here on University Drive. I'm going to go there for lunch today. There won't be as many people around today as it was the past couple of weeks. We had really good crowds around Starkville the past couple of weeks, and they saw just exi- how exciting that place at Two Brothers can be, especially late at night. Smoked Southern Soul Food. That's what they got at Two Brothers. The tacos are unbelievable. The wings, I always get the wings. The sitting out on the patio this time of year at dusk, that is the perfect place in town to people watch on University Drive. And that's our good friends at Two Brothers Smoked Meats. And, Charlie, my first guy is number 90, T.J. Sanders. He's a redshirt sophomore. He came off the bench last week. And he responded with nine tackles, two tackles for loss against Georgia. He's got back-to-back games with a sack, but he's in his third year with the program. He is a big dude in the middle. He's defensive tackle. They line him up in the the middle, A-gap, B-gap. He doesn't go outside. He's the the force in the middle. Where have we had trouble in our offensive line? Oh, boy. In the middle. This guy's 6'5 and 298. He's a big dude. But sometimes it takes a game to get one of these guys with a high motor going. 
and you just hope if you're a Mississippi State person that last week didn't flip the switch because he had the big performance off the bench. And so number 90, T.J. Sanders, is my first guy to watch. My second guy to watch, and you talked about him already, is number 17, Xavier Leggett. He's a big guy, 6'3", 227. He kind of reminds you a little bit of Alshon Jeffrey. Now, I don't want to put any undue pressure on him because Alshon Jeffrey was a generational-type talent at South Carolina. And, oh, by the way, they're retiring his number at the game tomorrow night. But as you said about Leggett, he's a guy that has gone down the field, especially in the first two games. Spencer Rattler has targeted him 26 times this year. He's caught 22 of those balls. In the first two games of the year, they played him about three-quarters of the time in the slot. Last week, when Wells went down, they moved him outside a little bit. And so he was about 50-50 wide and then in the slot. His average depth of target in the first two games was 16 yards down the field. So they're not just hitting him 26 out of 22 times. They're hitting him down the field. So those are my two players that can smoke you, brought to you by our friends at Two Brothers. Number 90 on the defensive side, T.J. Sanders. And number 17, the wide receiver, Xavier Leggett. All right, let's look at your two guys. My two guys, number one is number one, Trey Knox. He is a graduate transfer from Arkansas, a tight end who made the move to Columbia. Knox, a guy out of Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 6'5", 240, so – Big, but not – he isn't your Reggie Kelly. Not too big. Yeah, this is not the guy that's He's not a, a Terrence McCaskey. He indeed is not. Terrence McCaskey was a big dude. He was over 300, right? Yep. Terrence McCaskey lived below me. When I lived on the third floor, he lived on the second floor. And when Terrence walked up to bar a pot or a pan or a casserole dish, he filled up the door. You never told him to turn the music down, I'm guessing. No, no, no. no. Terrence could play it as loud as he wanted to <laughs> for as long as he wanted to. <laughs> no banging on the floor. So <laughs> keep that quiet. Um, so, Trey Knox for me, and here's why I think the tight end is concerning to me in this ballgame. First of all, we talked about the fact that South Carolina's down, Juice Wells at receiver, Brown the receiver a little banged up. So, you've got Leggett on the outside. When I go back and look at the numbers for last week, LSU, between the numbers and under 20 yards down the field, was 17 of 20. 17 of 20 working between the numbers and less than 20 yards. Well, I mean, that's three of their four incompletions if you want to look at the glass half full side for us. (laughs) Well, okay. (laughs) But they had a lot of success working the middle of the field. You want to guess where Trey Knox makes all his catches this season? I'm going to guess between the hashes. Between the numbers and in the intermediate range where LSU just wore us out a week ago. If you've got your guy, Leggett, working us to death on the outside, keep an eye open for number one, Trey Knox. And it goes back to what you were saying earlier, right? If they connect on some balls down the field, we tend to back up a little bit, which tends to leave the – Mid and underneath open, watch out for him. Not just open, wide open. Unfortunately, that is true. Wide open. We're just dealing facts. But here's the thing. This is a big guy. You ought to be able to see him. He shouldn't be sneaking out there. 
but be ready for him. Next guy um, on the defensive side, number 21, Nick Almanwari. He is a strong safety. He's out of Columbia. He was a freshman All-American a year ago. He's had some hamstring injuries this year. They had 10 tackles last week against Georgia. I always go back, though, when you've got the label of safety on you and you're leading the tack- team in tackles, that's not always good for the defense, but he's a guy that makes plays. This is a ball game where we've seen safeties disrupt Mississippi State over the years. This is a guy who's got a chance to do it. They're actually, for a defense that I don't think is very good, I think they're pretty good at safety spot. They are, and it kind of does mask up because their defensive line has not been very good. Now, the whole key has been opposing offensive lines have been able to get a hat on linebackers because their defensive line has not been very good. And so if we have to start double-teaming people like T.J. Sanders, then it changes the game a little bit. I'll just say this. If we're going to double-team, let's at least block him. Okay? (laughs) What I really don't like is the guy beating the double-team, and we've seen some of that too. So, anyway, that's a look at our three numbers, our look at our two players, and – Bart, final thoughts on this ball game? Yeah, final thoughts. And, of course, uh, can't go by without uh, thanking our friends at Country Pleasing Sausage. I saw yesterday on social media that our good friend, uh, friend Robert St. John, the famed Mississippi chef, was talking about the quality of Country Pleasing Sausage, about Henry Cooper and the story of building Country Pleasing to what it is today. And it's really amazing. Henry's one of the greatest guys there is and has – done a fantastic job of building that brand at Country Pleasing. And so Robert was talking about not only do you make great sausage, but his andouille is better than anything they can find in Louisiana. And that's one of the reasons that Robert and a lot of chefs in the New Orleans area and in Louisiana use the andouille that Henry Cooper makes. And, of course, you can buy all that great sausage at a lot of different restaurants or a lot of great grocery stores and it's in a lot of great restaurants in the south as well but our good friends at country pleasing sausage all right so here's the thing about columbia south carolina charlie did you know that columbia is the first city in the united states that was named for christopher columbus the name columbia won over the popular vote of washington but columbia is the first u.s city named after christopher columbus i did not know that You've spent some time in downtown Columbia, right? Only a little bit. Really? Have you ever been to Assembly Street? I don't know. Assembly Street downtown, and it's known for being remarkably wide. And they ask the question all the time, of, you know, why are the streets, so people ask, ask the question, why are the streets designed so wide? Well, in the 18th century, the local lore said it was because city planters had hoped that they were wide enough that mosquitoes couldn't cross. Wide enough? That mosquitoes can't cross. Yeah, that didn't stick, man. I think a mosquito could go from here to there. I would have thought so. Okay, but. So maybe they were not very smart city planners. All right, but, you know, it was an idea. And we will never stigmatize ideas. And that was before the fog trucks. Oh, man. They just called them the, <laughs> the fogging machine as a kid. All right, so do you know where the uh, nickname Gamecocks comes from? Staying away from this one? Understandably, it comes from a Revolutionary War general, Thomas Sumter. Thomas Sumter, who was known as the Carolina Gamecock, and it came from the villainous British Lieutenant Colonel Benaster Tarleton. You ever heard the phrase Tarleton's Quarter? No, but I've heard of Fort Sumter. Okay, well, anyway, stay off that a minute. Thomas Sumter was a Revolutionary War general, and 
Master Tarleton said that he fought like a Gamecock, and General Cornwallis of the British forces described him as his greatest plague. He lived to be 97 years old and was the last surviving general of the Revolutionary War. And now I know the background for Fort Sumter. Indeed, it was. It was That fort was planned after the War of 1812 and was named in his honor. We're history people. That's who we are. I'm not sure I'd go that far, uh, at least for you. <laughs> but Thomas Sumter, the Carolina Gamecock. All right, Charlie. I'm going to hit you with this real quick. All right, lay it on me. So as I was looking at seeing what some of the props were, Woody Marks and the number of yards and things of that nature, I was actually looking at all the lines in the SEC. And if I give you the lines of the league, I want you to tell me what you would do. Okay. All right. Auburn at A&M. It started, A&M is an eight-point favorite. It's down to seven and a half right now. 71% of the betting public is betting on A&M. If you were to bet, and we don't, we can't. I do not bet. We do not bet clear. on college sports. But if you did, are you taking A&M or are you taking Auburn? I would take A&M, but only after I got into a parlay and teased it down to six and a half or so. Okay. I don't really know what that means, but I just thought I would try to sound authoritative. So, no, I'm taking A&M to – you want the spread. You don't want – I want the just spread. Straight up Seven and a half. A&M. A&M. Kentucky at Vanderbilt. Kentucky is now a 13-point favorite. Opened up at a 12-and-a-half-point favorite. Now it's 13. Do you think Kentucky goes to Vandy and wins by 13? You know, Vanderbilt's got a proud program, and I don't see – yeah, I'm going Kentucky. Less the points. Kentucky's 3-0. and oh. They haven't played anybody. Vanderbilt's 2-2. Two and two. They ain't played anybody. Ole Miss and Alabama, all right? Right now, it's six and a half Alabama. 62% of the bets are on Ole Miss. The over-under is 55 and a half. First, do you think Alabama covers being the six and a half point favorite? I do not. I don't either. The over-under in that game is 55 and a half. Do you think it's over or under? Over. I do too. Over. UTSA, Texas San Antonio, is at Tennessee. 20 points right now, Tennessee the favorite. Coming off the loss last week at Florida, Tennessee at home. Do you think they hold on with that 20? Yes. I do too. So right now we have no differences. Here's here's my difference. You said A&M was going to cover the 7.5, right? I did. You did? Okay, I think Auburn actually covered. Auburn makes it closer. I think A&M wins, but Auburn makes it closer. Charlotte and Florida, do we really care? No. Okay, we're not even going there. Arkansas at LSU, 17-and-a-half right now. LSU favorite at home over Arkansas. I'll give up the points and take the Bengal Tigers. Take the Bengal Tigers? Uh, I'll take LSU, too. This week, the blocking of Twitter is not going to help Arkansas this week. No, it will not. UAB at Georgia, 41-and-a-half. Georgia, a 41-and-a-half-point favorite at home over UAB. See, I just I wouldn't touch a game like that. because It's like we've talked about before in basketball when some walk-on comes in. Banks in a three. Banks in a three from half court. All right, so we're not touching that game, and we're not touching Charlotte and Florida. We only do real games here. And here's a real big-time matchup. Missouri versus Memphis in St. Louis in the Dome of America Center. Right now, Missouri 
is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Missouri wins and covers. And covers. I'm going Memphis, right? So there's our second difference. We're not going to bet on our game. We're not going to say it's right now it's six-and-a-half. But the over-under on our game is 47. It started out 56-and-a-half. It's been bet down to 47. The over-under for our game is 47. Are you over or under in this game? Under. I'm over, all right? Whoa, whoa, whoa. You, you were the guy who just talked about this game being played in the 20s, weren't you? Yeah, 27-21, and that hits the over. <sighs> okay. Okay, all right. And like we said, we're not a – I'm c- not sure these two teams can play this game twice <laughs> and hit the over. <laughs> hey, like I said, we're not condoning – we're not telling you to use our bets. This is just friendly. no. In fact, I would, I would go completely away from this. I just wanted to see if how we hit on this. Hey, I enjoyed it. Yep, it's another day in the books. Another week. Next week we'll have a big game, but this week is the biggest that we have played so far. Bulldogs, really. Well, you know that they need them. Gotta have it. All right. See you Sunday for Sunday call.